0: Well, again, it's uh, challenging to continue on after the news we had to share this this morning, uh, but we're, we're here to, to listen to God's Word, and again, what better thing than to hear from the Lord's Word, and so I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. We'll be looking at verses 7 through 11, continuing our uh, series through this uh, marvelous book of, of the Bible, and If the past few weeks as we've gathered here have uh, admittedly probably for all of us, including myself, been a bit cumbersome to work through some of the complexities of the particular passages we've looked at Uh, and then to get to some application, you can be encouraged uh, this week that our passage today is uh, considerably more straightforward and easy to access. So uh, be encouraged that way and thanks for hanging with us through the last couple of weeks as well, I invite you to stand as I read aloud, and I invite you to read along silently. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, we stand in recognition and honor of God's holy and perfect word, beginning in verse 7. Peter says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self controlled and sober minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for how it speaks into our lives. It comforts us and sustains us. Even when things around us are discouraging. And we thank you for this reminder today of the call to be involved in your kingdom and the way that you've gifted each one of us, particularly for that. Teach us during this time, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. But when we hear about the Lord giving us spiritual gifts, and we read about it in a passage like this, if we're honest and we think about receiving this gift and how we need to use it in God's kingdom, it can be a little bit like when on Mother's Day, mom gets that vacuum cleaner or that blender. Or on Father's Day, when dad receives that leaf blower, or that drill. We hear the word gift, but it doesn't feel necessarily like much of a gift because it requires something of us, time and energy. And the spiritual gifts, if we're honest, can sometimes sound that way to us. Thanks, God, for (laughs) giving me that gift, which requires so much of me in time and effort. And focus. But that's because the joy of blowing leaves, or lack thereof, the joy of vacuuming, or lack thereof, doesn't even compare, isn't even in the same realm of being used for God's kingdom and God's purposes. It's an amazing thing. Spiritual gifts are given to us, and it's amazing as this passage reminds us that although they don't have to be glamorous in the way that we use the spiritual gifts God's given us, they absolutely are glorious. Are glorious. Because when we serve, when we serve, we are serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords and participating in in His kingdom around the world. If you want to follow along in the notes section in your worship guide, you can in the back portion of that worship guide. You'll find a page that lists some some thoughts. And the main idea I'd love for us to take from the passage today is just this, that because we have received the gift, the gift of salvation, we should use our spiritual gifts for God's glory. Listen again to Peter's succinct description of the gift, of the gift that we've received. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, just a little bit up from where we read earlier, it says, Therefore Christ also suffered once for sins. The righteous... For the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. That's the gift that we've received that we don't deserve. And because we have all that, we can begin to delight to have those spiritual gifts. And use them in the ways that God desires for us to. And I know a number of you have been in a Sunday school class. We've had two classes for adults going this fall. And one of them has been about spiritual gifts. So no doubt uh, many of you all are already thinking along these lines. I I thought it was interesting one illustration given I think from one of the uh, Puritans uh, about a way to think of this. And he described a servant in a particular king's palace. And this servant was the lowest servant boy that you could have in this palace. His jobs were to clean up the dinner kitchen area, clean it up after even they had butchered an animal there. His jobs were to deal with the chamber pots and clean them out and return them to their place. His highest opportunity was to shine the shoes of the servant who shined the shoes of the prince. And yet, people noticed that he was always joyful and always happy somehow. And they asked him about it. Why are you so happy? Why are you able to have joy even in the midst of these mundane tasks? And he said, you know, the other day, the king stopped by. And he told me that he knew me by name and that he had already put things in place so that in the future I would inherit this entire kingdom. We've been promised through the gift of Jesus that we have a place in his eternal kingdom. And it's interesting that the verse actually begins by saying the end of all things is near. It's an interesting way to start this. I think what Peter's trying to get in our minds even there is that we have eternal life, and so our service now matters because it's linked to what's in eternity. I'm going to inherit the kingdom so I can serve now. Let's look at a couple of contexts surrounding this verse, these verses. We're going to start close into the passage, and then we'll kind of move out more broadly. I want to look at verses 7 through 9 in 1 Peter 4 and just see some of the things that we gather there, and then we'll zoom out to the larger New Testament context and then come back to verses 10 and 12. The first thing we see in verse 7 is he says, Therefore, be self controlled and sober minded. Okay, now, again, he's moving towards talking to us about spiritual gifts. And he just has a very succinct list of spiritual gifts. Those who speak oracles, those who speak some word or message from the Lord, and those who serve, we'll see in a minute there's lots of other gifts. But he's moving towards those gifts. And it's interesting then that he says be self-controlled and sober-minded. Why? Why is that important? We, we saw last week that there's a certain degree of suffering that we experience and letting go of our idols and the things that we use to sustain us through life. The things that we use instead of the Lord to keep us going, and so we're called to cease and make a break with that. Here he tells us to be sober minded and self controlled, continuing that theme. Is it just a, you know, Christians just supposed to be moral people? Is that the main idea? Is that the end game? No, he's saying that when we're self controlled and sober minded, then we're able to be freed up to have our life go for other things, for other people to be a blessing, to serve in His kingdom. That's why we want to be self-controlled and sober-minded. We're freed by that. He goes on in verse 8 and He says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. As believers, we serve in this uh, climate of love. That's what we're Called to that's why the news we shared earlier is difficult to share because we love one another as believers and as a church body First Corinthians I won't even go there to, to turn but first Corinthians 13 is a passage maybe some of us had read in our our wedding talking about loving patient and kind uh, love enduring these three remain faith hope and love It's interesting here in first Peter he mentions love, Connected to spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians, he talks about love related to spiritual gifts because that's all of what that section in 1 Corinthians is about. And then verse 9, he says to show hospitality to one another. Now, hospitality is kind of interesting. We can sort of have a very narrow, defined word of that. And uh, we're thankful for the, the ladies who help with the hospitality table, we call it, out there, and get that set up each week for us with coffee and treats and so forth. And that's a, a, a subset of an overall posture of hospitality. It's a way for us as a church to say, we welcome you here. We're excited you're here. We're prepared for you to be here. So, too, when we are using our gifts, we're reaching out to those around us, we're saying, we want to welcome you in. To the kingdom. We're serving in the kingdom because we want to reach out. The larger context here is important as well in the scriptures. We know in Romans 12 and I would invite you to turn there if you have a Bible handy. If not, there's one in the, the pew, Romans 12. Romans is right after uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke and Acts. Romans 12 speaks about these spiritual gifts. Listen to what The Apostle Paul says here, verses 4 through 8, he says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And here's some other gifts he lists. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches is teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And, of course, we know as well, if we're familiar with the context of the Scriptures, that 1 Corinthians 12 lists a number of other spiritual gifts. But God's saying to us, we have all these ways that I'm gifting different people, different individuals in the church to be used. It's also important for us to think about the context, larger scriptural context of Ephesians chapter 4. You can turn there if you want to. That's just a little bit further on in the Bible after Romans. Uh, Before you get to Colossians and Philippians, Ephesians chapter 4 says something that's really interesting when we think about using our gifts. And what he's trying to show us here is that when we come to the worship service like this and hear God's Word, or you come to a men's or women's Bible study and kind of make that commitment to be involved and hear God's Word, or make the commitment to be here for our Sunday school time on Sundays, whatever context you're hearing the word it can be easy for us to think okay well this is this is good i'm getting information about god and maybe i'm even beginning to believe and experience that more and more in my own life it's interesting then on top of that that's that's important the apostle paul says in ephesians 4 beginning in verse 11 he says god gave The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Who are those? Those people who are doing what I'm doing right now. Speaking about the Lord. What are they given for? What's what's their purpose? (laughs) To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature manhood. What's that tell us? That tells us that part of what's happening right now, Lord willing, and in Sunday schools and in small groups, is a boot camp. Those are kind of popular now, I gather, kind of the CrossFit. Maybe some of you all are into the CrossFit thing and go out to some sort of area, and there's even folks that run through all this mud and things and do things with phone books and hang on, you know, whatever they're doing. It's a boot camp. Well, it's not a glamorous picture maybe for us, but that's part of what church is. It's actually equipping each one of us with the, the knowledge, the relationship with the Lord, so that they, we can then take that through our gifting and be used for His kingdom. That's a big part of what we're doing uh, every week here. So we see that there are more gifts listed in the Scriptures. We see that the gifts that, that, that those who are sharing the Word have are really equipping gifts, are helping all of us to, to serve. I want to mention one other thing, and that is that there's uh, an overlap between gifts and commands. Gifts and commands. And here's the way I think of this. If, uh, if maybe some of us here have the, uh, the gift of evangelism, let's say, and you're walking, and you know you do, and you're walking along the street, and a poor old lady falls down in front of you on the sidewalk, it's great that you've got that gift of evangelism. And it'd be nice to share with her the gospel message, right, about salvation. But what's kind of the first thing you ought to do? Help her up. Serve. You may say service isn't one of my strong gifts, but every one of us is called to serve in that way. Just like some have the gift of evangelism, but all of us are called to go and make disciples. Some have the gift of mercy, but all of us are called, the Scriptures say, to show mercy. Some have a particular gift of giving and blessing in that way, but all are called to give faithfully. This is the context of the larger picture of the New Testament. And one other thing before we go back to 1 Peter here and and conclude our time in God's Word this morning, is that God's kingdom includes, within the circle of God's kingdom, is this what we're doing this morning, the church. But there's things that God can use us in, beyond the four walls, if you will, of South Shades Crest Elementary School, or beyond the the, uh, sphere, even, of Cross Creek Church, outside of this this environment. And God's gifted many of us that way as well. I'm going to say something more about that in just a minute. Let's get back to 1 Peter, chapter 4. And I want us to look and, and finish our time looking at verses 10 and 11 in this way. It says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Same thing it says in Romans 12. You got a gift? Use it. That's what God wants you to do with it. Not to leave it sitting on the shelf. And use it for what? To serve one another. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles, serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. How are we going to serve? How do we find energy? How do we carve out time? God gives that strength. And then all of this is in order that God may be glorified. You know, it's interesting... uh, a few years ago, I read—I think it may have been all the way back in 2004. Uh, you know what the Salvation Army has had to do around Christmas time all over the country? Remember what you used to see outside of Walmart and Target and so forth, standing there as we got close to Christmas time—a person standing there ringing that bell with the bucket. You know what? Back in 2004, the Salvation Army had to do—I mean, there's a ministry that's Reaching people, blessing people. They began to introduce robotic, life-sized bell ringers. That's just a poster that stands up and looks like a bell ringer and has an automatic sensor so that when you walk by, it rings a little bell and it invites you to give in that bucket. You know things are getting tough. You know, it's tough for people to understand the beauty and the glory of service when the Salvation Army has to introduce RoboRinger. You know, that's a sign of the times. And Peter's just reminding us here, Wow, we've received the most monumental gift that could possibly be given. And then the Lord has given us these other gifts that again to us look a little bit like getting that vacuum cleaner or that leaf blower but in fact are ways to see God's glory unveiled in our lives. You know, me and, and my four boys like to, to watch uh, some of the, the uh, shows on Science Channel, that How It's Made show. Y'all ever watch that if you've got that channel? Patients can't stand it that we watch that thing. But, but you know, it's amazing. And, and it's not just amazing whatever they're making some little ceramic bird or they're making a, uh, a boat or, they're, you know, whatever. What's amazing to me is that there's a machine that does all that stuff. For every little thing that we own and have, it's gone through some kind of machine or maybe ten different machines. And you watch the show, and it's interesting to see how it's made, but what's really fascinating to think of is somebody had the gifts and the ingenuity to be able to design the machine that does all of that. The machine points to something glorious, something amazing behind itself. Or, or maybe think of it this way. You're standing in front of a, uh, some beautiful artwork. I don't know why I looked over here. Uh, you're standing in front of some <laughs> beautiful artwork. Face this way. Look away. Look away. Uh, and, and, and you see it and, it, and it's, it's got colors and it's got shades and ways that it's designed and so forth. But ultimately, there's something else that's happening in your heart and mind as you look at that piece of artwork. It draws something forth from you or connects you with some kind of story or elicits thoughts from your mind. And you say, wow, there's more happening here in front of my face than just the sum of the parts of this painting. It reflects on an artist behind. Someone who's designed, and then you're experiencing the beauty. The same thing is happening, people, in whatever areas we're gifted. It may be an area of service. It may be an area of mercy. It may be an area of giving. It may be an area of leadership. It may be teaching. Whatever area God has gifted you, when you do that, And do it to God's honor and glory. People are seeing through you the Lord reflected. And you can see it in yourself as well. It's a glorious, glorious thing. So as you think this morning about what it might look like to maybe take another step of serving in in our church body, we're so thankful for, let me first say, I praise God that we're actually seeing that in our church. We see that each week. We see that painting and see the glory of it as people help and serve in the nursery, as folks teach children's church and children's Sunday school, as folks are involved in the praise team, as others help set up and take down. All of those things that are going on, the hospitality table and people serving as life group leaders, the list goes on and on. My encouragement would be for each one of us is just to consider, hey, how am I using my gifts? Is there another step in that area I should be taking or might be taking? I'd even encourage us, too, while you know we're a young church and we need lots of energy and involvement from folks to continue thinking maybe, maybe it's coaching that team or maybe it's serving on that business council or committee or maybe it's a ministry that, that we are supporting the Foundry or the Ladies Center or Save a Life or something in the community that you might serve with outside the walls of this church. But let's all be considering what it will look like for us to take that marvelous gift, the gift that we've received, and reflect it as we use the gifts that the living God has blessed each one of us to have. Let's pray. Well, Father, we do just continue to pray today that You would be our encourager And we thank you, Lord, for your body, the church, in good times and in challenging times, how we can, each of us, use the gifts you've given us to be building your kingdom up. And we ask that you would strengthen us for that purpose, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.